Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Welcome back to The Dwell Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we are talking about encouraging one another. We are talking about a thing that we all need. Don't we just need a little bit of encouragement? Um, the verse that we're talking about is from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Um, And today we get to talk uh, with Tracy Sullivan. For those of you who didn't tune in last time, you can go back and hear a little bit of her backstory and you can listen to some of her kind of skepticism that she had and and, um, how she came to know the Lord and uh, her book that she wrote about small batch discipleship. But this episode, we are going to talk a little bit about encouragement. We're going to talk a little bit more about our verse. And last episode, we left off with a question. Tracy, can you tell us what that question was? Yeah. So when you think about someone who's had a really significant personal influence or positive impact in your life. Is it one of those folks that we see who has this big influential platform and we see as an influencer in society like we talked about, or is it maybe somebody else? It's a good question. Now, Tracy does a lot of like leadership training and like she's kind of a leadership guru so to speak. And so she gets to ask this question to a lot of leaders. And what is their typical response? Yeah, I have, I think I, it's fair to say, have asked that question of thousands of leaders over the years in 22 years, working with leaders um, in a variety of settings. And I guess without a doubt, I watch them process through that question. And they're really quick to pull out lists of influential folks, whether that's in sports or, you know, pop culture or even Mm -hmm. spiritually speaking, it's easy to come up with those names and they can scribble them down. However, when you ask them then to think about someone who's had a really significant personal impact on their life, it's never those names, never. And Mm -hmm. as I've tried to listen to who those folks really are that end up on that kind of list, um, it's people like, parents and friends and teachers and coaches Mm. and maybe someone who served in a mentor type of space. But the difference is always one of personal relationship. And I feel like that's taught me that, you know, if we want to make a difference in another person's life, which I think we all do want to do that, then ultimately there has to be some level of real personal relationship there. It's like that old Mm -hmm. adage, people don't care what you know until they know you care. Like there is truth in that. And if we Mm -hmm. want to, um, to have the privilege to speak into or play a role in someone else's life, then there really needs to be a foundation of personal connection there and care. Yeah. And so how does that, like when we t- we're talking about like having influence, how does that tie in with our verse about encouraging one another and building one other one another up? Yeah. So, so I put my leadership hat on for a minute when I think about that question because mm-hmm. as I've watched leaders over the years in a workplace setting, 
there's this transition that they make. They start out being maybe a rock star, like individual contributor, whatever it is that their work is, they're really good at it. And so everyone mm -hmm. says, oh, you should be a leader because you're so great at that. But then there's this turn that they have to make in their life and they have to start redefining their own mental model, if you will, their own self-definition of what it means to be successful. So they're moving from themselves being amazing to now defining their own success by how well they're able to help others. And mm -hmm. it's a huge shift. And I think the best leaders are able to do that. So when I think about you know, in the leadership setting, that's what you have to be doing is encouraging and building up other people so that they can ultimately even go farther than you yourself have gone, like that we would be the ultimate cheerleaders and enablers of other people. So if I, you know, turn my attention over then to making a kingdom impact, and stepping into the greater purpose that God has for our lives and the lives of people around us, I feel like the same thing is just as true that if we really want to um, to partner with the Lord on this invitation he's giving us and make a difference in the lives of people around us, then it has to be about others of, you know, being others oriented and serving and encouraging and enabling and equipping other people to not only um, find their way into God's arms and receive his loving grace, but then also to start running with him toward the life that he has planned for them. And that's what spiritual discipleship or personal discipleship is really all about. Hmm. I love that. I love that idea of um, kind of, I just feel like you kind of flipped the idea of leadership on its head a little bit. Do you get any weird like pushback from people? Because I feel like the message that we get in our culture about what does it mean to be a leader? Well, it means to be in control and it means to kind of tell people what to do and those kinds of things. But to say that the most significant thing that you can do as a leader is to encourage others and, and even encourage them in a way that is deflecting sort of that power and that glory and that, you know, fame or whatever onto that other person in the hopes that they would even surpass you. Like that to me is, is a Christian idea completely. And how does that play out in, you know, the regular workforce? Do people kind of push against that idea when you give it um, to them? Yeah, great question. I think there are people who lead opposite to that who would push against that, but the majority of people are human and they know, <laughs> and maybe that's all people, they know what it feels like to work with someone who leads in both of those ways. And all of us want to feel valued and engaged. Like, like when we partner with another person, whatever we're doing, we feel like we're a part of something that's bigger than us. And it matters inside our hearts. And that's true in work. And that's true outside of the workplace. So, you know, leaders are doing the same thing. If, if you're a great leader, then you're connecting with people in a way that's meaningful to them and makes them feel good just to be around you. That's what a great leader is. And the same is true for us spiritually. You know, people want to be a part of something that's bigger than them. That's what that's the God invitation. Mm -hmm. And we are the lucky ones that God has just called out to partner with him in that way, not because we have it all together, but because we love him and because who better to be a vessel of his grace 
than someone who needs his grace and is just willing to, in all transparency, link arms with somebody and walk out real life together as we point each other to Jesus. So here's a question for you. I feel like I'm going off of my normal questions and just kind of following <laughs> what you're saying. And I'm you can you can feel free not to answer it. But do you get people from the Christian perspective who would say, oh, I could never disciple somebody? That's for somebody else. And is discipleship something that is for everybody? Is it something we should all be doing? Yeah, I love your question and I will answer. <laughs> I will try. Um, you know, I think we all imagine until we've stepped into living living a life like this with Jesus that it's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's job to share the gospel with them. It's somebody else's job to teach. It's somebody else's job to lead or make disciples. That's what they do. Maybe it's the staff or the pastors or people who feel more confident. But mm -hmm. in reality, the last breaths of Jesus on this earth before he rose and after the cross was to call his followers to make disciples. And right. so I, I didn't hear him give a caveat like, hey, if y'all are comfortable with this, then you <laughs> make disciples. He said right. to do it. And, and there's a reason for that. He said to do it because not only is it good for others and a blessing to invite them in, but honestly, it's what we need too. When we're surrounded by a real faith family, then we're more likely to be engaging and pressing in with the Lord in the way that maybe we wouldn't do if we were just living life on our own. Or we're going to see God show up in really special mm -hmm. ways in other people's lives that we just wouldn't be have privy you know, to if we were living life on our own. And we're going to fall in love with God. And, and He knows that about us and calls us in in mm. grace to that type of community, that real mm. small batch, if you will, like a faith family that does life together. So you talked a little bit about um, how God is calling us to do this, right? That we don't get a pass just because <laughs> we feel <laughs> uncomfortable or whatever. Um, what What is this first? Is, uh, is there anything else that this first tells you about who God is? Like, what does this say about his character or the way that he works in the world? Yeah, I think it tells us a couple of things about God, maybe lots of things. But the things that stand out to me are, one, you know, if God is calling us, if God wants to have an intimate relationship with us, which he does, scripture is really clear about that, he could have swooped each of us up long ago, like the moment mm -hmm. that we we became part of his family and his children responded to Christ, um, he could have swooped us up to be with him already, but he didn't do that. And so mm -hmm. you and I are here then primarily for the sake of others. So it says that he has a personal ministry, like a purpose for us here. And it's not just about ourselves. And I think that in itself is really gracious of God. But the other thing I think is that it says God really adores us, each one of us. Um, mm -hmm. He wants our hearts to be filled up to the overflow. And he sees us imperfect and messy as we are as vessels of his grace for one another. And, and just the mm -hmm. idea of that, like we see in our verse, encourage and build one another up. The fact that he calls us to do that says a lot about what he wants for us also. 
I love that. I am so sad, but, but I think we have to go. Oh. <laughs> I want to um, next time, because I think that's a really great stopping place. Next time, I really want to talk about well, what does that look like then? You know, if this is who God has created us to be, if he is a God who cares deeply about um, us receiving his grace and us understanding his care and, and us doing that for one another, um, like, what does that look like boots on the ground? You know, how do we, how do we practically implement that? And then we had talked before about just the value of the context of this verse. And I know Tracy, you love all the context of this verse. So next time I want to talk about those two things. I want to talk about the context of this verse and why it matters. And what does it say about the verse that's going to help us kind of further understand it. And then how do we let this head knowledge that we've been talking about really trickle down and penetrate into our hearts so that we can live in a way that reflects this truth that we can take those truths and make them into beliefs and take those beliefs and make them into actions. So I'm super pumped. We're going to talk about it one more time. I am so glad you have been with us, Tracy. Thank you so much. And for those of you who want to find out more about Tracy, we've got all the links down below. So you can just click those and find out more. Thank you so, so much, Tracy. And I look forward to talking with you one more time. Let's do it. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.